Welcome back to a sort of Star Wars podcast, the podcast that's sort of about Star Wars and sort of about everything else. And today's episode is sort of about Star Wars relationships. And I have two special guests today. I have my wife, Melody. Hello, Melody. Hi. And I have my sister, Molly. Hello, Molly. Hello. Your names are way too close. <laughs> I get them mixed up a lot. Really? Molody. <laughs> Molody. <laughs> and switching things up here. I'm going to talk about the patrons at the beginning of the episode oh. to show how important they are to me. This podcast is brought to you in part by the coolest people in the galaxy, our patrons. Thanks to Josh R., John H., Valerie W., Mots F., Tyler G., Ali H., Aaron L., Dan B., Melissa S., Tim S., and Casey W. Thank you guys so much for your support. Yay! So today we are talking about relationships in Star Wars. Very important things. Star Wars is very good at uh, what? I like that we all just like had to wait and not say anything while you had to sit there. <laughs> Excuse me while I drink my coffee. <laughs> Watch you. I know, like Melody and Watch I didn't know what to say, so we just watched. Watch you struggle with that straw. <laughs> I'm saving the earth here with my metal straw. That's the sound of Something. green. <laughs> That's the sound of. A thousand penguins rejoicing. <laughs> I think that would sound more like this. <laughs> Please don't touch the microphone. <laughs> you totally messed it up. Oh my goodness. You know how hard it's going to make editing for me? <laughs> okay. So Star Wars has lots of different types of relationships. Um, so I think at some point I'd like to focus more in on these certain types of relationships. Like... Uh, like mental relationships or even between certain people. But today we're just fo focusing generally on some of our favorite relationships in Star Wars or most interesting relationships in Star Wars and why we like those types of relationships. Ships in Star Wars. <laughs> and they're not all romantic. Romantic. Uh, they're not like live doves in New York. <laughs> not so romantic. <laughs> Uh, Adele Nazim. <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't she sing in that in that movie? Wasted. She sings yeah. at the very end, I think. I was gonna say when she's a cartoon. She... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't. She talks about her cell service. But, anyways, so um, picked a couple relationships that I found interesting, and I'm sure Mel picked one of the same ones that I did. So maybe you I... didn't look at my notes, did you? I made my notes before you made your notes. I made mine and with your an notes... ink pen. <laughs> with Remember an ink... when you, for a while, you were making all your notes with ink pens? Yeah. Do you know how hard it is for me to read my own writing? <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> Pause. Half this podcast is just going to be your straw. <laughs> <clears throat> so I'm debating whether I want to start off with my most boring one or with the one I'm most passionate about. What do you think? How about you start, Mel? <laughs> no, okay. I'll, I'll start off with um, a relationship that I really like is R2-D2 and C-3PO, which is interesting because C-3PO is probably one of my least favorite characters in all of Star Wars. Really? Yeah. He, to me, is so annoying. But... I think maybe he's supposed to be a little bit annoying. <laughs> I think he's supposed to be really annoying. Yeah. But I like him and R2's relationship because they are very much like an old couple, yeah. right? Um, they constantly make fun of each other. You have no idea what R2's saying, but you like feel like you do know what he's saying because of C-3PO's response. But they're never like really angry at each other. They like take everything in stride. Yeah. Um, and I believe they are the longest lasting relationship in the Star Wars saga. They last from Phantom Menace the whole way to now. That's true. <laughs> as far as we know. That's true. Hardly ever separated. Yeah. And even if they do get separated, R2 can just like reload information into C-3PO whenever he wants. Right. So. Um, and I they aren't. I have to interject to just talk oh, about yes, how cute your do. kitty is. <laughs> I know our listeners aren't going to be able to see him. Why are you just so cute back there? I'd bring him over here, but then he wouldn't be as cute. Yeah, he's just so we cute. Bought that, we bought that $2,000 bed for him. 
He lets us sit on it sometimes. <laughs> Anyways, back Mel's to R2D2. referring to the couch. <laughs> yes. You could, you could interject about R2D2 and C3PO if you wanted. Oh, Don't I just have... look at me while I'm talking. <laughs> I have... You're so interesting to look at. <laughs> I have a lot of interesting features to look at. <laughs> I have those on my list too. Oh, nice. I, I thought like... that was pretty outside of the box. That was a, a good relationship that I, I like Taco Bell here. <laughs> Thinking outside the bun. Okay. <laughs> so you had them on your list too, Molly? Yeah. I don't know. They're just kind of like comic relief, maybe. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah. It's less... Uh, I don't know. Like You really like the droids, but you're not as attached to them as you are with humans so it's kind of like a nice little break from human relationship you know yeah. who they remind me of now that you say that hmm. um, um the harold and kumar <laughs> the great british baking show uh, the, <laughs> the like two hosts yeah that are, like the comic relief when yeah. everyone's like stressed out about their dough not yeah about their dough being raw <laughs> <laughs> see this this is raw <laughs> That's uh, British for raw. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know Ro- what you were saying. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Something Hollywood, isn't it? Yeah, Paul. Paulywood. <laughs> anyway. Paul, you watch that show? No. Sorry. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Sorry. <laughs> wow. wow. I really. <laughs> it's <a> hot mic. <laughs> Well, um, let's just stop for a minute <laughs> while Molly goes to watch all 10 seasons of the Great British Baking Extreme Makeover. And we're back. <laughs> Wow, what a 10-season ride that was. Wow, I can tell you're a liar. It's only nine seasons. (laughs) (laughs) Did you enjoy the comic relief, though? Yes, very much so. Nice. Nice. You know, it reminds me a lot of (laughs) C-3PO and R2-D2. My word. We're never going to go anywhere on this episode. (laughs) I need another drink of iced coffee. I need to save save the world again here. Oh, man. <laughs> this is gonna be one of those episodes where it takes me three times as long to edit it it's like oh do i leave that in do i leave that chortle in or do i take it out <laughs> um something bringing it back guys let's bring it back okay, okay. no more tomfoolery <laughs> wasn't that brent who always did that bring it back guys <laughs> yeah come on guys let's bring it back Okay. There was a guy named Brent that nobody else listening to this podcast knows who used to always say that. Inside jokes are great. Hope to be a part of one someday. <laughs> Molly and Mel are like, Mel, just, just so the listeners know, Mel just walked away from the desk and Molly is... Either laughing or seizing. I'm not sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> so, any, anybody watch Blacklist? <laughs> I'm trying to like think of something not funny. <laughs> How about those president elects, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Decision 2020. It's the most important decision of our lifetimes. Until, Until four election. years from now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Melody actually did leave. So. <laughs> just you and me then. We'll just, we'll just finally, go we can finally it. focus. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> Got her jokester out of here. Um, one thing I do appreciate about these two. What, do, what are their names? C3PO and R2D2. <laughs> and Paul Hollywood. <laughs> oh, my goodness. C-3PO and R2-D2 are uh, not afraid to rely on each other, which yes. I think is a good a good thing in a relationship. To not think that you can do everything. Like, there's multiple times when C-3PO is like, 
where's R2 when you need him and stuff like that. Um, and obviously R2-D2 can't talk to people and he leaves that up to C-3PO to communicate for him. Right. So I think it's a good in relationship <laughs> for people to be able to rely on the other person for certain things that they can't do. Like I don't weave. <laughs> I leave that up to Mel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, braid hair. Uh, the, <laughs> yes, yes, you, you do. do. <laughs> Braiding's a man's game. <laughs> The Vikings braided their beards. That was the first braids. Or maybe uh, the Viking women. Do you think the Viking women braided the men's beards? Hmm, perhaps. Probably not. They probably didn't let them. <laughs> Men are very particular about their beards. Mel wanted to help me shape my facial hair the other day. And I didn't let her. And... Not even I'm not saying she's holding it. a you grudge. Were, you were just trimming it with the like, trimmers. Like throw stuff at me randomly now. <laughs> I was trying to move the couch and she said, Oh, you can shave your beard by yourself, but you can't move the couch by yourself. <laughs> you weren't even shaving it. You were just like trimming it with like a buzzer. I'm a strong, independent young woman. <laughs> I don't need no woman. <laughs> Help me shave my beard. Um and I feel like the other part about uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO that I like is they have a pretty simple relationship. Mm-hmm. They don't let anything uh, fester or uh, come between them. It's. Uh, Do you think they don't let that happen or it's just like par for the course of being a droid? There's nothing par for the course when it comes to C-3PO. But they're just machines. They don't have like emotions. <laughs> what? So that's R2 when he goes, mm. <laughs> <laughs> when he's when he's on his tippy toes looking into Yoda's little house with Luke and Yoda in there and the dry and he's outside and you can see his sadness. You can Do you really it. think they have emotions? I could see the tears in his rain-soaked face. Rain-soaked face. Okay. No, I don't think they, I mean, yes, I do believe they have fake emotions. But I think that's part of the beauty of how uncomplicated their relationship is. Yeah, probably. Is that they are both droids, and right. so that kind of is nice. That's right. probably why they've lasted so long. Right. Mm-hmm. So they don't have real human emotions. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one relationship that I really appreciate in Star Wars. Do you want to start off with another one, Mel? Sure. <clears throat> um... I think we'll just address the elephant in the room and go with Han or and Kira. Or the donkey in the room. Okay. You can't be biased <laughs> oh on this podcast. <laughs> Han and Kira. Yes. Best couple ever. <laughs> I know. This is uh, going to step on some toes. <laughs> you won't step on my toes. I just don't really like them. Yeah. <laughs> but my toes are being stepped on. <laughs> Um, no, I just like them. I think uh, there's a couple different like parts of their relationship that are um, cool, like different aspects or whatever. Um, one of which is like when they're younger and just kind of like um, just youthful and almost just that like, you know, very immature, almost like the notebook um, at the beginning when they're younger, just like, you know, head over heels in love and trying to run away together and you think Kira's I mean, mom was like, trash, <laughs> trash, trash, trash. <laughs> I think they Just were. Kidding, she didn't know her mom. <laughs> I was going to say, I think they were in a bit more of a serious uh, life position than um, Noah and Allie. Yeah. Not as carefree, but um, but still just like that youthful, um, kind of dreamy, we can do whatever kind of mindset. Yeah. Um, and then versus when they're older, where obviously things are much more complicated. Um, and in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Because in real life, <laughs> we work for Crimson Dawn. And. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I also had them on my list. What? Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're one of my favorite. One of my favorite. They're probably my favorite romantic couple. Romantic. Romantic. <laughs> They're like two doves in New York. <laughs> Live doves. Not the dead ones. <laughs> um, yeah, and again, like you said, about their like, I think it's their like, like puppy love. Is that what they call yeah. it? Yeah. When they're young, they like have these 
big ambitions they're going to get out of their situation and they're going to they both have like the same goals and they're like working together to get to those goals and like you're just like rooting for them and then your like heart breaks when they get separated and then years later you're still like rooting for them to get together even though you know it can't happen <clears throat> like i still found myself like oh yes han and Kier are gonna be together i'm like oh wait no han ends up with leia so yeah there's no way that kira and han can be together yeah like not only from like a um like romantic relationship standpoint but just both of them like trying to find their family um or build a family because they don't have families um I think that is a cool part of their relationship too. It's just almost like the found family. I mean, obviously Han ends up with Beckett and um, all the, that crew or whatever. And that's more and Chewy and stuff. Yeah. And that's more of his found family. But um, I feel like Kira is part of that too, even though she's not there. She's not present the whole time, but yeah, you almost, even at the end of Solo, I mean, who knows what happens between Solo and um, A New, New Hope. Hope. But or Rogue One even, but or I guess they're not in Rogue One, but whatever. Um, anyhow, who knows what happens in between there? Obviously, but you can—I don't know. In my mind, I like to dream that somehow Kira is still working towards trying to have a family with Han or build a family with Han and and work towards that those dreams or whatever. And then, but somehow doing it through Crimson—I don't know what she's trying to do, but. <clears throat> yeah, I think that I like them better as a couple than Leia and Han. I just feel like they're more... Han definitely is more like excited about it. I feel like when Han and Leia get together, it's like Han's like this like arrogant guy who keeps like laying it, laying on his moves to Leia. Yeah. And then Leia like kind of <clears throat> falls for him just because he's there. Um, And... I don't know, just something more exciting about Kira and Han's relationship. But like we said, it's more like the juvenile type of love. Like, let's run away together and, you know, explore the galaxy. Whereas Han and Leia is like real life situations. I mean, real in their life. In their I life. think I think a lot of that is indicative to when those movies came out. Like, I feel like in A New Hope in 1977. Nice. Uh when movies the crum- <clears throat> when movies were coming out then like i feel like that was more like how romance was perceived in movies mm. where it's like the woman is just like annoyed into a relationship with a guy <laughs> and guys are just going to keep pestering and like hitting on women until they give in uh versus like nowadays where it's we're more focused on that like youthful more like fantasy mm-hmm. um like dreamy type of relationship um, in movies, like all movies in general. So I think that has a lot to do with it. So maybe it's just, I don't know, maybe people in 1977 um, felt the same way about that as we do about this. But but then Molly, you I know you have a different standpoint on how you felt about it. So I don't know. Yeah. Do you like, do you find Han and Kira's like relationship, like dreamy or romantic or, does it like make you feel good or is it just kind of like eh? If Ed- Han and Leia didn't exist, I probably wouldn't have minded it as much as I did. Yeah. I think it Does really it just make you- devalued the relationship of Han and Leia. Hmm. Yeah. Which I didn't think was fair. Um, Makes you feel like he's like cheating on Leia. Kind of. just Well, more like he just kind of ended up with Leia because Kira didn't want him. Um, gotcha. I don't know. It just, it felt weird. And then especially like then Leia and Han don't even end up together. So then I feel like yeah, it's that's true. Why did you put him in two relationships that failed? <laughs> I'm not yeah. even really a Han fan. And I just felt yeah. like it was just kind of like a, I don't know. I felt like it devalued their relationship by putting him with somebody else. And then you didn't even have him last with the one that you ended up having him be with. I don't know. Just felt yeah. weird to me. Yeah. I can see that. I'm not sure what drove them apart other than just Han was used to doing what he was already doing. I know back in... You don't think Dr- it was Ben? Well, yeah. I Did they say that in the movie? 
Um, I mean, I kind after, of assumed it from the after movies. He took, after he took over the, after he burned down the Jedi yeah. temple. Mm. I remember I them saying of, something about like, I went back to what I did best and you went back to what you did best or something. I remember in the books um, that were written back in the 80s, um, after the trilogy came out, it has Han and Leia together and they have um, two kids, I guess. I can't remember, but he's a dad. I just remember him being a dad or he's about to be a dad. I forget which. And he like is talking about like how scared he is about being a father and how he's not going to be a good father and all this stuff. And then um, to, it was interesting to see how they took that into the movies. Then when it was Ben that caused them to separate. Yeah. I kind of took it as like, like when you, when uh, parents like lose a child and like the, whatever percentage rate of divorce happening after that because it's hard to not like blame your spouse or whatever right. kind of thing um i kind of assumed it was like that where it's like you know they basically lost their son um he turned into a completely different person and like cut them off so i kind of assumed it was like hard for them to maintain their relationship after that mm. yeah but. i could i think you're probably right what about you molly did you have a did you pick a romantic relationship at all? Yes. Ben and Ray. <laughs> Aww. Ben and Ray is probably one of my favorite classic Star Wars story relationships other than R2D2 and C3PO. But you mean classic, they're not. like the like, like the, nine... the 9 trilogy. Okay. Skywalker storyline. Okay. Yeah. Um but yeah. I just like every scene where he's Ben and not Kylo Ren and they're like mm-hmm. force sensing each other. And then, of course, when they like finally are together at the very end, <laughs> it's just all very cute. And they bring remember- up like the best in each other, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Like they fully yeah. understand each other. I really uh, like and I remember thinking this when those movies came out. Um, I think it was The Last Jedi. Is that the one where she's on the island with mm-hmm. Luke mm-hmm. and where they're like force skyping? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking at that time, like, oh, they like each other. Um, and I remember saying that, but we weren't like for sure. Right. Um, but like I remember We still didn't know if they were siblings. Right. Like they were still like Yeah. People still had their thoughts about that. But like when they were doing that or whatever, when they were what is that called? Like what it it's called like force I don't know if it it has a name that i don't okay. know if it has an i thought we name. like called it something um force viewing I don't know. uh force time it's like facetime <laughs> force time. yeah when they were force timing each other <laughs> um force skype yeah That's anyway just like to see her face and like the way that she reacted to him is just i yeah it was kind of one of those like like she can't control her emotions and mm-hmm. she's a little bit scared and like all that stuff. I remember thinking at the time, like, Oh, I wonder like, is this a romantic thing or is this a, like a weird, like, you know, something else completely. But, um, and then they have that fight together in the, in the throne room. Yes. Oh yes. So yes. good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. When the only time Kylo Ren slash Ben, but when he's Kylo Ren still, the only time he's ever calm is when he is with her. Mm. Like his face yeah. is completely different when he sees her compared to like when he's doing anything else. He's just very calm. Yeah. yeah. And I just think it's even, so cute. Even like um, when they're fighting in the in episode seven and he's got like, she's like almost falling into like the whatever she's almost falling into something right and they're like they're crossing lightsabers and um is he's like you need the, a teacher that's the one in the woods R- yeah. yeah yeah when the earth is like or when the world is like separating right she, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and he's like saying like i could teach you the yeah. ways of the force and like he's like they're in the middle of this fight and she's like almost falling to her death and like he's just like you're right he is like really calm there he's yeah. not like angry he's not like screaming at her He's like, and then he's just like sits there and like waits for her response (laughs) as she takes a short nap. (laughs) She closes her eyes and then remembers, oh, the force, right? And then she fights back. 
Right. I think he was taken by her from the beginning, but I don't mm-hmm. think that he, I don't think that she was until the like throne room scene. Mm. Well, no, I guess it was before that. They touched hands before that. I think it was when they were force timing. <laughs> yeah, but the first two times they force time, like she's like screaming at him. She says, mm-hmm. you're a monster. Yeah. I think it's the and- time in the hut. When she realizes she's not as good as she thinks she is. Yeah. She's got some darkness to her, too. Yeah. I think it's when he when she first sees his broad shoulders and no belly button. <laughs> right. Cumberbund time. Yeah. <laughs> That's when she finally falls in love with him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think I had really any notes on Ray and... Um, kylo but i could see looking more into that relationship because the whole thing of like being a dyad and like how like they're part of the whole together um just trying to look more into that like what all that means i think would be interesting um but i kind of thought that they would like some people like saw the kiss at the end they're like oh what i didn't even know that they liked each other i'm like what (laughs) like I don't know. No, some I people just see what they want to see. Yeah. Yeah. But, I felt like their tension was definitely there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So that reminds me, this might be a good segue, um, of one of the relationships that I wrote down, which was Jin and Cassian mm-hmm. from Rogue That's One. That's a good one. Um, where it's like kind of that same like tension throughout the movie. And even, I mean, up to the very end, uh, you know, like, is it like, I don't know. I never thought about it before today, actually, when I was spending some time, like, thinking about what I find interesting about this relationship. But they never actually, like, are, no. like, they're not, like, like a romantic relationship at the end. They're, I mean, or you yeah. don't know that for sure. Like, some people perceive it that way, maybe. But they're just hugging. And Well, in the elevator, they're going back down the elevator mm-hmm. to out to their beach picnic. Yeah. <laughs> so they're to beach, watch the sunset beach barbecue <laughs> too soon too soon <laughs> and and they're like standing really close to each other yeah like i don't stand that close to people who i don't feel a certain way towards so yeah but then it's like is that just because they went through this like super traumatic experience together where like who could go through something like that and know i mean they know that the world that their world is ending so like are they, they just like this is the person i'm with right now and this is who i'm gonna like like just be with um like intimate without being like romantically intimate you know what i mean mm. um i yeah. don't know it just was interesting to me to think about it like i think i always assumed that they were a romantic couple at the end but today i was like well not really. They could kind of just be like big brother and sister. Like, I don't just... think I've ever had that tension. <laughs> no. But the, but they, I don't, yeah. I don't no, know. No, your opinion's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't no, know. I know what you mean. They're not like, they don't kiss that we see. Right. They don't even, I don't know if they even hold hands. I can't remember. I need to rewatch it. They just but... kind of hug in the sand at the end. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of um, like Hunger Games with, and I know that Peta and um, Katniss Everdeen. Katniss, I know that they like technically are in a romantic relationship, but at first it doesn't really like start off that way. It's just like they went through this super traumatic thing together, and which brought them really close together. Mm. Um, so I kind of I was like, oh, that actually in my brain for some reason today that really clicked, and I was she was like, gonna Romeo and Juliet him. She was going to kill herself for him. I don't remember the movies that well. <laughs> they were going to eat the berries together that killed him. Oh, right. Right, right, right. Um, and they turned the world upside down and set it on fire. Right. This girl is I was going to say, and then Alicia Keys wrote that song. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyhow, I just thought that was interesting when I thought about it from that perspective. I was like, oh, yeah, that could just be like this huge thing that brought them close enough that yeah but and that it very well a, could have just been implied that yeah. that they were in it but it, it could have been the same thing with if they wouldn't have had the kiss scene in 
uh, the last Star Wars movie, um, we could have had the same discussion about Ray and yeah. right. Ben. I'm telling you, Cassian and Jin kissed off screen. <laughs> <laughs> the cameraman was just late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're right. If Ray and Ben wouldn't have kissed at the end, if they were just right, we still could have just been like high five. What's going on with this relationship? Are they in love or are they not? And I right. would have screamed, "They're in love!" And you would have said, "No, they're not." <laughs> no. But. She's his lobster. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and with Jin and Cassian, it's kind of the same thing. And this, I'm sure, is just to make good movies. But, like, she doesn't... They're not, like, together. Like, they don't seem to like each other that much until that scene where um, she's trying to, like, fight back against the Empire and take these plans um, that she's sure her dad has hidden for her. And nobody stands up for her in the meeting. And then she leaves the meeting. And then Cassian's there, like we'll help you do this yeah and then she's like oh he has my back and then from that point on they like work together as just a team so yeah and then they're realizing all the feelings they had for each other all along (laughs) you were right in front of my nose all along just like every good hallmark movie (laughs) yes speaking of it's almost christmas time they didn't even have to work at a christmas tree farm (laughs) what's that they didn't even have to work at a christmas tree farm (laughs) it's crazy in (laughs) someone's hometown where they wear flannel (laughs) And that big city lawyer came back. <laughs> I'm just here to get my divorce papers signed. Then I'm going back to the big city to sell real estate. <laughs> Except for love. <laughs> the one thing she did expect was love. <laughs> and lots of fake snow. <laughs> oh, my word. It's I was almost... just thinking of the Christmas Prince. I can't wait to watch that again. Oh, my goodness. It's almost Best trilogy you see there's a ever. second Christmas or Princess Switch coming out. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't really watch the first one too much. But I've never even heard of this. With Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> okay. It's awful. It is pretty bad. Um she plays both parts. <laughs> so it's like Parent Trap? <laughs> yeah, she Lindsay Lohan right. that movie. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Not in a good way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um Okay, one relationship I feel very passionate about is Ahsoka and Anakin. Ahsoka. <laughs> Ahsoka, she... Um, is she in Rogue her. One? <laughs> She's might be in Rogue One. Oh. She might be in the ghost. Okay. <laughs> when the ghost is fighting. Um, so I feel like Ahsoka and Anakin are... Um, they start off as like this teacher-student pairing, which is what they're supposed to be. But they ended up being like really good friends, which, I mean, it's it's fine. Obi-Wan and Anakin became really good friends and they were teacher-student. But something was different, I think, between Anakin and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan and Anakin in that I feel like Anakin was very, uh, as a teacher, he didn't follow the rules very much. And Obi-Wan was very much like he wanted to follow the rules. So Obi-Wan was constantly telling Anakin the things he couldn't do. And I feel like Anakin, because he was Ahsoka's teacher, allowed Ahsoka to be much more free thinking. And that allowed her to um, just like be more encouraged by Anakin. She sees Anakin doing the stuff that he shouldn't technically be doing, but it's not, it's, 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 um, it might be against the Jedi code. But it's, it's stuff that's helping their situation or he's using the force and it, it's fine how he's using the force. It's just not the way the Jedi say he's allowed to. I think she's quick to pick up on when he's when he's disobeying his orders and she'll like point it out to him. But she's not necessarily like we're not going to go do that. She's not like like right. Kenobi, you know, where it's like we're only following the rules or we're not doing it at all. She, but she, I feel like she does... Um, yeah, she does point it out to him, him and it's like, check. should we be doing this? You know, but then he's like insistent that they should. Or he I meant should. more like Anakin will say something and Obi-Wan will be like, mind your feelings, Anakin. Yeah. Or like. Yeah. Like a father-son relationship. Right. But they, they're not, they don't have the age gap to be father-son right. mentors. But the and, dynamics of it. Are. Yeah. And one thing I thought of when thinking about the difference between Ahsoka and Anakin and Obi-Wan and Anakin is Obi-Wan had this like 
I can't even imagine the stress and anxiety he had in realizing that he has to, um, even though he didn't want to, he has to teach the one that they think might be the chosen one to bring the balance to the force. That's like... That's a pretty big weight on your shoulders. Right. That would be like really hard. Be like, I can't mess this up or he'll turn to the dark side. Yeah. What happened? He turned to the dark side. So, (laughs) um, I feel like Anakin, because of Obi-Wan's teaching, was um, on his way to the light side. um, But because Obi-Wan was like trying to hold him back in places, um, he looked elsewhere for his tutelage and looked to someone who was more supporting like Palpatine. Whereas Ahsoka, she didn't have to look anywhere else because she was already getting encouragement from Anakin. Yeah. And I just feel like that's how their relationships are different. Um, it was kind of like Anakin was free thinking as much as he could be without Obi-Wan telling him, but he allowed Ahsoka to be even more so and explore the force more and what she could do and things like that. And then he, she left. Right. And then <laughs> what I, what I, Yoda has this line in Last Jedi, which is, um, we talk about teachers and students saying we are what they grow beyond, meaning like teachers are supposed to teach the student until they surpass the knowledge of the teacher that's mm-hmm. like the goal of the teacher teach him everything you right. know and then they can go and learn more which is i feel like what anakin did for ahsoka he taught her everything that he knew and then she actually realized more because of her trial and everything that she found out with the jedi and she allowed her to be like i see the faults of the jedi and i'm going to do something totally different i'm going to leave the jedi because i know they're flawed whereas anakin never could leave the jedi because he was the chosen one you know, he didn't have that choice even. Even if he wanted to, nobody would have left him leave. Let him leave. So that's what I think that their relationship makes Yoda's phrase true. Yeah. Um, it's like that parenting style where people say like, don't tell your kids not to do drugs because then they're definitely going to do them. Right. <laughs> that's like what Obi-Wan what... did to Anakin. But then, but then it's like, well... Anakin let Ahsoka do drugs and then she like went crazy with them. <laughs> right. She found the balance of how much drugs can I take and still operate in society. Yeah. She found the perfect balance of that. <laughs> um, and I felt like um, Obi-Wan, they're kind of like, I feel like all the three of them are like siblings in that the oldest sibling Obi-Wan is telling Anakin what he can't do. Whereas the middle one is telling Ahsoka, the youngest child, what she can get away with. Yeah. <laughs> I can you know see what I that. Mean? So I feel like the three of them are siblings when it really should have been Obi-Wan as a parent for Anakin. And Anakin needed that both discipline and encouragement. Yeah. But Obi-Wan was too worried about what was going to happen to Anakin. He couldn't give him the encouragement he needed. You see it a little bit in the movies when he tells him like he's the most gifted Jedi he's ever seen and stuff like that. But mostly it's just like, don't do that. Don't do this. Don't feel this. Don't talk about that. <laughs> um, and also I think Ahsoka had a huge impact on the story, on the Star Wars story, like the whole thing because of how she, because of her and Anakin's relationship. Um, in like you can see even after Anakin turns to the dark side, in um, Clone Wars, you can see at the very end, um, Darth Vader standing there holding Ahsoka's lightsaber after her ship had just crashed, mm-hmm. and he finds her lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And you can't like see his face at all, but you can like see how sad he is. Yeah, um, just his, because like, body he's language. like he caused this. Like this was because of him that now one of his best friends died, Ahsoka. Um, Supposedly, right? That's what he thinks. Um, and then, and then later he and Ahsoka meet in Rebels and you can see that again on his face but not his face but a little bit of his face after she cuts his helmet open um how like he misses his Padawan and his best friend and I just feel like she's a reminder to him of the mistakes that he made which is probably the same is probably true of Kenobi and Anakin oh yeah him seeing Darth Vader wreak havoc on the galaxy yeah so he, yeah, anyways, so that's, that's a relationship that I find very interesting. And there's always that like, uh, could Ahsoka and Anakin be like romantic together? Cause the age gap isn't any difference between him and Padme. 
but <laughs> I don't know. I like Ahsoka and Anakin together more than I like Anakin and Padme together. But I don't know how that works. So yeah. I think they're too much like siblings to. Yeah. Um, one that I have is Ray and Leia. Um, I like that. Um, it's like I feel like we don't see uh the, like the mother daughter um relationship at all in this movie except for in that in Star Wars or yeah okay. sorry in Star Wars um except for in that one I mean I know that uh is it I haven't watched a whole lot of Rebels but I've heard that Hera mm-hmm. um is very much like a mother figure but um like I said I haven't watched a whole lot of that so um really the only like mother figure in the Star Wars movies that I've watched um, is Leia. And I know that she's kind of like a mother to a lot of the um, rebellion, but specifically to Ray. I remember thinking when the movies came out with them together or whatever about like, it's kind of weird that they just have this like instinctive bond. Um, Like, am I supposed to buy that they just somehow are like bonded in this way already. Like I don't, they just like, they feel so deeply with each other and like they do these like long embraces, like, like they know (laughs) each other or like they've known each other forever. Um, but I think it's just like an instinctive thing, but like because of the force, I guess, um, that has brought them together and everything. But, uh, they're, they're so, it's it's their love for Han. I think one of their like first like big connections was when Han died. Yeah. And that was something that they shared yeah. together. And then yeah. they shared, I think, um, Kyler Ratton also, or right. Ben. I think they also shared the their love for him also. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like a we. It's just weird how quickly she was in the picture and like that Ray mm-hmm. was in the picture, and then they just like bonded really quickly. Yeah. Um. But I like it. I mean, if I get over the kind of like gimmicky, like really, am I supposed to buy that they're this close already? Um. I think it's a cool uh, relationship. Did you have any thoughts on that, Molly? You were smiling. Oh, no, I don't have... I don't know. (laughs) Well, then don't smile. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you have something to add, please don't smile. Okay, sorry. (laughs) No, it's a good one. I just never really thought about their relationship. Cool. You have another one, Molly? Yeah. Um, Ezra and Sabine. Hmm. I love Ezra and Sabine. Um, I, um, sorry, go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt. It's fine. I didn't get far enough in Rebels. I feel like Ezra, as far as I got, is like chasing after Sabine. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that continues that way or if they turn into like more of a sibling relationship. Um, I don't, I don't know. Do you Um, see them as a romantic? Do you like them as a romantic relationship? So they're like sort of romantic, but you don't really know. Mm. So like, I like them at the beginning because I think Ezra's so cute with how he's like so infatuated with Sabine and just like, feel like he's never met a girl like Sabine before. And um, so I just think it's kind of that funny little like young boy kind of, I don't know, Mm -hmm. love. Um, But I also just really like how they support one another. Then they like get to be actually friends um and it goes beyond just his like crush on her right um and then i don't know i mean at Royal, rebels has been out for a while but i mean do you want me to can i say like, oh i don't i don't care Spoil yeah away. No, that's fine okay i listened so, to a podcast earlier today that spoiled i mean a lot of the end of rebels so uh, okay not that i would um, remember it when i go to watch it <laughs> um ezra and sabine end up like ezra needs oh now i forget Sabine and Ahsoka go to find Ezra? Yes, that's what it is. Okay, yeah. I was like, something, they go looking for something and I couldn't remember what it was. But I just like really liked that ending of like Sabine. You don't know if she likes him, but the end of Rebels, you like kind of get a hint that maybe she like kind of likes him. um, But that she's like, she wants to go find him. Yeah. That he's important enough to her that she's going to go find him wherever he is. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just really like Ezra. Ezra's probably my top five favorite characters in Star Wars. And so I like him with Sabine. And I went back and forth with Ezra and a lot of different characters. Right. But I landed on Ezra and Sabine. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Ezra is 
one of those characters that has a lot of different types of relationships because I feel like he doesn't have any um, like actual family relationships. All his relationships are like found. Like right. Hera is like his mom, like you said. Kanan is like his father figure and stuff right. like that. Um, I forget the other guy's name. Zeb. Zeb, yes. Zeb is Zeb's like, like his brother. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Um, one of those other characters, now, um, these are getting to like other relationships that I find interesting, but we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on. Um, Asajj Ventress is somebody mm. who I think has a lot of interesting relationships. I don't know if you know much about Asajj Ventress, but she was in Clone Wars, which... Yeah. Is she the Dooku's mm-hmm. apprentice? For right. Yeah. Right. So she starts off, she was born into the Night Sisters um, on Dathomir, which is like the same place that Darth Maul is from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Night Sisters are like a group of witches. Um, oh yeah, they're in Rebels. Okay. Oh. Um, yeah, so, that whole thing is a pretty interesting right. relationship. That like, yeah, it's like a family of sisters. Yeah, it's like a. It's cool. Yeah, but then they have like the what's she called? Mother like, Talzin. Mother Talzin. Yeah. yeah. She's so scary. So she starts off. She was born there, and then she's sold as a slave. And then she's found by the Jedi and she's raised by the Jedi and taught by the Jedi. She has like a Jedi master and everything that ends up dying. And then she's found by Dooku. Um, And so she gets transformed from Jedi to Sith. And then um, once she's betrayed by Dooku, she turns into a bounty hunter. And then later, um, while she's a bounty hunter, she ends up working with the Jedi with a specific Jedi and she falls in love with him. So it's like a, a lot of like different types of like she had a very poor upbringing for a little bit. And then she was brought up in the Jedi Order. And so I'd like there's like a lot of people along the way that I think would be like she's a very interesting character. Yeah. I think she's got the raw end of the stick a lot. And I think that um, well, she's also made some bad decisions. But I think her dynamic with different people is very interesting. Because if you see her in Clone Wars right away, you're like, wow, she's like super evil. Yeah. But then if you read some of her backstory and um, some stuff, you like find out why she's kind of like that. Um, the book um, Dark Disciple is one that I read, which is the one where her, where she works with the Jedi to try and kill Dooku. Um, and uh, it's just very interesting. There's a lot of backstory on her there. And since then, she's been one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. But then I watched Clone Wars. I'm like, oh, wow. She's like super evil. <laughs> yeah. I do like how, like, I feel like um, usually the villain does not get a whole lot of the storyline. Yeah. Except for in Star Wars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but so I kind of like how they, like, I feel like typically, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what Dooku's whole story is or uh, Grievous for that matter. Um, Wikipedia is for. Yeah. But they don't, like, <laughs> spell it out in the show. Right. Um, the way that they do like even they don't even like spend time on those people's like relationships or whatever right. but with Asajj Ventress they do um yeah, I do I more. like that yeah. I mean I don't know if that's because of where they where her story ended up but um yeah I do I like that that they kind of give you more backstory and they take you along with her present story also yeah um one other relationship that I find interesting and really like it's one of my top romantic relationships that never happened was Obi-Wan and Satine do you know Satine, Molly? I don't think uh, the Duchess of Mandalore. And I don't think I know who you mean. Yeah. And Maul ends up killing her. And um at one point, um, Obi Wan tells her that he would leave the Jedi Order if she asked him to, so they could be together. Like Obi Wan wow. said he would leave the order for her. So that's pretty interesting. <laughs> I just like I like Obi Wan and her together. He's like a different person when he's around her, um, even in the animated series, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I always like their relationship. Um, and then pretty much Maul and anybody as well. <laughs> Maul, and, Maul and Palpatine especially because Maul, that's one that I'd like to look into further because I don't know how much you know about Maul. Um, there's, I mean, you can read about it on Wikipedia, but like Maul was um, taken from Mother Talzin by Palpatine when he was really young um, and then Maul raises him to basically be an assassin for him I mean um, Palpatine raises Maul to be an assassin and then he calls Maul his apprentice even in um, Phantom Menace he's calling Maul his apprentice when actually 
if I got my times correct, Dooku is his apprentice at that same time. Dooku is like his actual apprentice, whereas Maul is the guy he like sends out to kill people. So he's like leading Maul along all the while Maul's looking for Palpatine's approval and Palpatine just keeps like torturing him and not giving him the time of day and just like being very cruel to him to teach him how to be cruel to others. Um, but the whole time, even on almost to the very end, Maul is like, even when Maul is building his own empire, he still wants to prove himself to Palpatine. They have this, him and his brother are like taking over the galaxy and then they come and Palpatine kills his brother and then Maul is like trying to prove that he's worthy of Palpatine and Palpatine just tortures him more. So yeah, it's a very strange relationship, but like he just, I mean, he was taken at such a young, young age. He was like, I mean, there's nothing he could do about it. He just had a terrible upbringing. Um, I was going to say, I liked the storyline of him and Savage oppress his brother. Yeah. Um, Cause it kind of, again, gave more like meaning to his character. Yeah. Um, just like with Savage or, uh, Asajj. Asajj Ventress. Yeah. Um, where it's like, yeah, just makes you care more about the character and see, like, care that he was, like, care about that backstory. Where otherwise you could just be like, oh, well, he made bad choices. He's a bad guy. But you, when when you actually, like, care about the character, then you're like, oh, why is he that way? You know? Right. And you can see that and dig deeper into it. Yeah. I had joked with Michael Peachy about somebody could do their, like masters or whatever thesis on um relationships in star wars i think that would be for sure yeah there's like, plenty especially from like a psychology complex one point yeah. of view um yeah thinking about why they are the way that they are yeah one thing um just before we wrap this up here unless you guys want to add something one thing I, oh, I had one more relationship oh yeah 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 go for it the mando and baby yoda <laughs> i was gonna i that was a runner-up on mine <laughs> they're just so cute and like the mando i don't know just mandalorians are like you know Big, trained killers and mm -hmm. then this little baby shows up and he doesn't go anywhere without him and oh yeah. it's just so cute <laughs> yeah i that's think that's a good one i think it's i think if a regular well I say regular so mandalorian was a foundling he was found by mandalorians Mm -hmm. and so like i think he sees that when he found this child that like yeah. this is just a child like he doesn't know like it's lost its family you know it doesn't know what it's doing and so he sees himself in the child i think you don't think he's just doing it because of the code do you think he no his i mean the code because he did things against his code yeah to, he, right? he's been killing people for the guild <laughs> and if he would have followed his what he was supposed to do he would have given baby yoda to that cloner guy and took his that best car and went on his way well but the code i thought doesn't the uh, blacksmith lady doesn't she tell him that like the code says you have to go like he has to stay with you until you find his people well now but that didn't happen until the very end of episode or of last season but you don't think that that was true before no i think oh. i think it was i think, be, I think the churl was just another bounty until he decided to take it back um and then it became a found like hmm. <clears throat> and i like how baby yuda like always looks so concerned about yeah the mandalorian you know like he helps him out sometimes and then like anytime he's in trouble like little baby yoda's eyes get so big and yeah it's just so cute and he's just like the cutest little marketing opportunity <laughs> yes he is he's everywhere i'm like looking around i got a baby yoda funko pop a baby yoda picture and a baby yoda baby yoda <laughs> nice plushy i call him gary though <laughs> nice <laughs> kids always ask what his name is right says gary <laughs> gary <laughs> love it <clears throat> one thing that i feel like we don't find in star wars is a father a good father-son relationship um mm. you had brought up earlier about there not being many mother daughter relationships mm -hmm. which yeah i didn't i couldn't really think of any i couldn't think of um good ones like actual mother daughter not like figurative mother daughter right. uh or found mother daughter whatever you want to call it but like um the two father-son relationships that i could think of and there might be more that I can't remember. Um, uh, 
that I think are supposed to be good are Luke and Vader and Han and Kylo. And both of those end up like both of those are not good relationships to me. Like very complicated. There's no like father teaching the son good things to do their whole life. And there's like there's not that no, in the story. There's like major trauma and betrayal yeah. before the child messes up and yeah. Or the father messes up. Yeah. 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 Like there there are good like of the opposite, like a mother, son, or father, daughter. I think of like Galen and Jin. That's like a good like he was doing good yeah. and teaching her how to do good. Um and Shmi and Anakin, like she Shmi was like such a pure hearted person she just wanted the best for anakin um and but you don't see like a good father son so i don't know what that says about george and his dad but i just found mm-hmm. it interesting that out of all the relationships i couldn't find the closest one i could find to a son who liked their dad was boba and Django. <laughs> but again <laughs> that's, that's not a good relationship i mean it's, yeah. it's he Django probably that, took pride in teaching Boba what to do, yeah. but he was teaching him the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think I don't know for sure, but <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Unless you guys can think of other father son relationships. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. I could, I could think of some other like father daughter or mother son relationships. Um, and then my, probably my most favorite romantic relationship of all time is Poe and Ray. They're just like, <laughs> they're the best. They're going to be in episode 10. <laughs> so maybe at some time we'll break down more specific relationships rather than be general. But it was fun to think about different types of relationships and yeah. um, which ones I enjoy the most in Star Wars. I was glad that you, when you asked me to like think about this, I was glad that you said like they don't have to be romantic relationships because that really like made my mind think a lot harder yeah and broaden my view of things made me think about things in a different light you Outsi- didn't talk about, outside the box you didn't talk Just about like Taco Bell. wicket and leia at all huh. wicket <laughs> which one's wicket <laughs> you didn't talk about beckett and val at all oh that would have been a good one they're a great relationship you can talk about k2 and Cassian. Oh yes. Oh man, that would have been perfect. Not Cassian. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I was thinking of Lando and L three. L three. Oh, that that should have been on my list. Lando and L three. What about are the one dynamic of my between... favorite relationships? Oh really? Wars. Yeah. Yes. What about Dryden and Kira? No. Ooh. What about Maul and Kira? Yeah, I was just I about to say that. that. Yeah, Maul and Kira. <laughs> We'll have to see. <laughs> I like I like Maul and Ahsoka just in like the very last couple episodes of the Clone Wars. Yeah. They're like they got kind of interesting there when they're like working together to get right. out of that ship. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Um, let's do the Star Wars random fact of the podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. But I was going into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. As you wish. So... Since we're talking about relationships, uh, four years ago, Carrie Fisher came out with a book called The Princess Diarist. I didn't read it. I was told to read it, but I didn't. But I know that this, um, what this has to do with, uh, Aaron, one of our patrons read it. Aaron, do you guys know Aaron? (laughs) I think so. Okay. How does she spell that? A-A-R-O-N? It's like Lynn. Aaron. (laughs) A-E-R-Y-N-N-E. Now that... (laughs) So, The Princess Diarist uh, is where Carrie first revealed publicly the details about her affair with Harrison Ford, um, which happened when they filmed Star Wars, the first one. Um, The secret was hidden for over 40 years, and it made the intense chemistry between Han and Leia even more believable. I guess it was was, um, during all... I think it was all three. Someone's got to fact check me on that, but... Mm -hmm. And that is your random source fact of the podcast. The Force will be with you always. Thanks for joining, Molly. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining, Melody. Sure thing. And uh, any advice you guys would give to the people listening? Check the air in your tires. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Turn your mattress over. Flip your mattress. Be safe. Be courteous. Bye. Bye. Bye.
alligator.